Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 186. It's time for a debate. Debate! Hi, Julius. Hello, Albert. How are you doing? All right. Doing good. It is a it is a mid-week afternoon. We're recording on our uh, off-schedule time. This is exciting. <laughs> Yeah, we uh, kind of are having a little bit of issues uh, here down in Memphis, Tennessee. And uh, with things increasing, unfortunately, stuff is happening. But we are going to endeavor to continue to produce regular content for you guys. That's right. That's right. So today, in lieu of talking about a game, we'll bring that back next time, I guess, we're going to have a debate. And let's just get this out front. Julius is wrong. <laughs> You don't even know which side I come down on. In fact, I don't even know which side you come down on. <laughs> I don't know what side I come down on. <laughs> well, Albert, let me ask you the following question to pose our debate topic. Which is more important for a game to be pleasant for you to play? For the game to have good gameplay or for the game to have good theme and thematic integrations? Or more nuanced, if one is bad, which will ruin it for you? gameplay or, or or theme that's interesting i <clears throat> so i think a bad theme will ruin the game more than than a i'm sorry a bad gameplay will ruin the game more than a bad theme because if it's if it's bad gameplay but the mechanics are bad i'm just gonna be bored <laughs> and, and i won't play again <laughs> it's too much work it becomes like working i don't want to do that I am inclined to agree with you on this one. I do think that the gameplay in general is a lot more important to me than the theme. What actually brought this up as a topic for me was discussion I was having with some other people that I was playtesting a game for, um, where, in my opinion, there's a gameplay mechanic that I feel has some flaws, but it's a, you know early project, prototype stuff, so, I mean, it's all getting worked out. Um, but we were having a discussion with other playtesters about whether or not it was okay to leave in a mechanic that perhaps doesn't work so well in order to ensure that the theme is as fully enhanced as strong as possible. And they were presenting that, yes, they wanted to have the game be somewhat of a simulation and incorporate important aspects, and therefore even though the mechanic needs some refinement, you know, you can't throw it out just because it's not working well, it's important to maintain the theme. I staunchly disagree <laughs> i believe that, that I, I said that then i'm going to say that in public on the podcast now i disagree i think that you in many times for me both in how i'm thinking about reviewing a game when i'm messing around with stuff like that i think that the gameplay you have to make sure that you have a core smooth gameplay that's working well that's look nice in order to be able to um present something that is fun and compelling to play mm -hmm. And once you have something that is fun mm -hmm. and to play, I think in general we can really work on making the mechanics work well afterwards. I think this kind of ties into the whole argument that I was having about Golem as well. That I was arguing that, look, this is not Golem um, is an upcoming game being put up by, I believe, CGE, where the idea of the game, the thematic element that they were using, is that you are a 17th century Kabbalist and that you are trying to create a Golem and employ magic spells and harvest mana to fuel your spells in order to be able to get the most prestige and notoriety in the city. And when I saw that, I was a little bit horrified because 
that's very much saying that Kabbalist essentially work spells like Dungeons and Dragons Wizards. And that's just grossly misstating what it is. I was arguing that, look, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly happy with the gameplay. The gameplay looks interesting, looks nice, but you can call things by different names. You can work out game, you can work out thematics. And I think that the majority of the time, you can really finagle theme, uh, thematics a lot more easily than you can finagle gameplay. Maybe, yeah, maybe so. Though, if, you're, if your goal is to make a game that represents a theme, you can't really then squirm out on that theme. But But here's the thing, either way, if you got a game and you've got a theme and this is the theme you want and the mechanics aren't working for it, you could find other mechanics that are going to accomplish the same thing differently, right? Or or maybe you just need to simplify them or change them somehow. I don't think there's any any theme that is that requires bad mechanics no matter what. You know, I mean, you change it. Change it. Try harder. I'm not sure how I'm not sure if that's true because if you're deciding if you want to have a tight simulation, and really closely tie in to what it is that the gameplay, that what it is that the element of thematics is, you know, you kind of sometimes have to hand wave or force something that is not fun. Like, say, for example, let's talk about some older okay. games. As yeah. I, I could agree with what you're saying, I guess, because because there are some games that, especially like sports games, like a Stratomatic yeah, yeah. Sports Baseball, right? They're designed to be very thematic and very accurate representation of baseball. My, is my understanding. I know I know nothing about baseball, mm-hmm. and somebody that isn't really into the subject is going to find the game boring mechanically because there's just there's nothing about it there, right? And it's right. really the subject that ends up carrying the theme in that case, right? And I mean, here's another example of one where you have to sacrifice thematics to gameplay. There's an upcoming game, Lawyer Up which I'm actually really looking forward to because it is my chosen profession. In my normal, real job, I am a full-time lawyer. Um, mm-hmm. So the idea of Lawyer Up is that you are a lawyer presiding at a trial. You are either, I'm going to say offense or defense, because prosecution and defense, is, it changes based on whichever case you're arguing about. Mm-hmm. You're either offense or defense, really. And your job is to argue a case. But the way it works, again, because it's a game, is that you get to ask a question, then the other side asks a question, and you alternate calling witnesses, and it just doesn't work that way in real life. In real life, when you do testimony, one side gets to call all the witnesses. When you call a witness, you ask all your questions, and then the other side asks all their questions, and then Mm -hmm. if needed, you get a follow-up set of questions. But there's no ultimate, like, there's no give and take. It's not, I get a question, you get a question. It doesn't work like that. But because it's a game, because we have to take turns, you do get to do all these things. Similarly, like, very often in the game, you get to throw out surprises. This is very much from, uh, what's, Ace, it's not Ace Ventura. The, it's not Ace Ventura, but Detective. It's it's whatever lawyer game it is that's from the Nintendo, and I can't remember it. But very much they enjoy throwing out the ha surprise evidence that you never would have expected. And real cases don't work like that. In real cases, we have a discovery phase. I know just about hundred percent every single question you're going to ask. In general, I will even write up before trial. Here's a list of the questions I expect they're going to ask you. 
get some good answers for these. I'm like, I'll work through that. Mm-hmm. And these are these are how these things happen. But you don't get that in the game because the game has to have more gameplay elements to it. Right. And you have to sacrifice. Oh, that would be a boring game. <laughs> it would be a boring game. Trials are quite boring, long, and tiring. They really are not. In terms of real life, they are not fun. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. So you make a game and you, and you say, okay, well, what's the important stuff that we want to capture about a trial and still have it fun and and kind of throw the rest out or change it and don't mm-hmm. claim your realistic lawyer experience. Exactly. Right? That, that's what I guess you do, yeah. I think the closer you get to saying that I want this to actually simulate a real true-to-life experience, in my opinion, the worse your game is going to become. Yes, in in terms of being a game versus being a real life experience, <laughs> uh, it might be a better real life experience, but not a better game. I mean, I don't even know if that's true in general. <laughs> like, I'm not going to say that's true outside of game. Real life stinks. <laughs> the closer you get well, to I mean, real life, the yeah. worse it is. Yeah, often at that point, why play it, right? Yeah. Unless your unless your game is oh I'm gonna do a game about being a, a rich millionaire who has everything they want and is just always happy, <laughs> or something like that, you know, it's just oh I'm gonna make a game about a perfect life. I mean, there I want is to be realistic. Space. There is a space. <laughs> there is a space for really tight net simulation type games, like High Frontier, yes. for example, is another one, or Kerbal Spacecraft is a video game, um, which these are games which are simulations, trying to be simulations of spacecraft where you have to plot out exactly where your weight is and how far it goes and run the spreadsheets and mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. like that and often a game like that they're really cool like war games because they end up being good uh lessons you, you learn something from it right you, you go and you play it and you're like oh i had no idea things worked out this way or or this is the impact of of why people do things that specific way you know i had no idea now that i've played it through a simulation I've got a much better sense of what it's like in real life. Mm-hmm. That that's kind of where that comes becomes useful having a simulation. Mm-hmm. So so then having a simulation of a subject that isn't real necessarily in the first place does that <laughs> just doesn't sound like that makes sense. I do want to highlight though that you're pointing out that one of the main reasons to have a tight end simulation is to educate the players about the source material. Yes, I do think so. So are you saying? Are you saying that at that point in time the game can be designed for education? Um, that's tricky because, like I said, war games. Like one game comes to mind: Infidel, not Infidel. Um, Infidel, Men of Iron. It's a series, and one of the games is Infidel. But the, I played the first Men of Iron. And I talked about it in the podcast, and I played it through solo. It's a two-player game. The reason it works well solo is because often the game is very one-sided, and and that player will win. Whoever's playing the defense, whoever plays the offense, tends to to do poorly and lose. Because the game was designed to be relatively realistic and represent warfare of that time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so as a game, it's kind of boring because you kind of know who's going to win up front. But as a simulation, like having played that game and kind of knowing what the outcome was going to be every time, I, I kind of got a big sense of how the battles worked and what the people were going through in it. And, you know, it gave me, it gave me a sense of what that experience might have been like from the safety of the table. So let, let me tangent to another possible topic. Are there any other, we brought up education, where you're trying to design the game to ensure that the players are being educated about something. What's another time where you think that gameplay would have to suffer in order to ensure that there's tight thematic integration? 
I think, well, I guess it's really a, it's a question of do you want the game to be fun or do you want to give the person a sense of, of the theme, right? It, and that's where you're, you're trying to draw that balance. And if you want the game to be fun for everybody, then you, you go away from the theme and you go towards better rules. I hear you. So really, it's, it's any time you want to get the person a sense of the, the theme, which really is, in my opinion, to educate somebody. I, I think that another time I was thinking of is perhaps in order to ensure that the game and how to play the game is more memorable. I think one of the best reasons for mm. the theme of a game is to ensure that a player connects with the gameplay rules. Like, for example, if you're playing an abstract game, and I tell you, you know, the blue pieces uh, earn two points, whereas the white pieces earn one, you're going to have a lot of difficulty remembering in five minutes from now, was it the blue pieces mm-hmm. or the white pieces mm-hmm. that get more points? But if I tell you instead that, you know, the blue pieces are tanks and they knock down the wall at twice the rate of the infantry troops, which are white, well, you'll instantly remember that. And if I make yep, the blue because pieces, it just makes like sense, tanks. yeah. Right, it just makes sense. So you kind of want stuff to make sense. And if you have a theme going, and that theme works well for the rest of the game, at one point in time, you may end up being like, well, I gotta do something with this. And it may not make, <laughs> it may not be the most smooth way of doing this, but if I do this otherwise, it's gonna make absolutely no sense. And if I do that, it will never be remembered, they will never be able to, to do it well. And it will actively, I suppose at that point in time, it will actively start detracting from gameplay because it won't be played right or it won't be remembered. So I'm going to do whatever the theme suggests in real life it would do because that's what people will remember. I'm not sure that I believe that necessarily. I think, because like I said before, un- unless you're trying to make a simulation, you could you could get rid of stuff that doesn't fit the th- that um that isn't 100% thematic, or change the mechanics to be a different type of mechanics that still fits the theme. And so I, I think you could just, if a rule's not working right or isn't quite ideal, you don't just leave it there because it fits a theme, you make it better because it fits a theme. And keeping it within the theme. But I think unless unless you need the, the game to, to match that theme perfectly in this specific way, you should change it all around to make it match. Especially... A lot of games tend to be fantasy games, and if it doesn't match the theme, well, you know what? Just tweak your theme. It's a fantasy setting. It's all make believe anyway. Just make it make believe. You need to play more real life games. Oh, <laughs> Paramedics, Cleo, <laughs> Flashpoint, Fire Rescue, Suburbia. I, I do, and as far as I know, those are really realistic. <laughs> and and I don't feel that the the mechanics are breaking the theme at all, largely because I'm not an expert on those themes, right? It may be that that uh, Flashpoint Fire Rescue has some mechanics that are totally unrealistic, but work really well and are fun. But in my mind, that's just how it works because I don't know any better. I mean, yes, being that my brother is my brother is a fire engineer, yes, Flashpoint Fire Rescue is not accurate for how fire really behaves in the house. It it doesn't keep flaring up at random points in the house. It kind of just burns a whole bunch of stuff, and you have to beat it back in a fire line it doesn't really like continue to spark up everywhere mm-hmm. it doesn't just teleport you also don't <laughs> randomly walk through a room and be like oh room's clear then someone's like ah, ah, ah. 
I'm still here. <laughs> oh man, I tripped over you and didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, though you know, I, I could I could uh, accept some of that kind of stuff. Is it in in my mind? The person was always there. You just didn't see them before because there's so much other stuff going on. Maybe you missed them, right? Yeah. So, and again, because yeah. I don't know what firefighting is like, I could believe that and, and buy into it, no problem. Yeah, but if a firefighter really would walk through a room, and I mean, they have goggles and things like this. Like Their, their training is to rescue people. If they walk through a room, yes. say the room is clear, and then two seconds later someone pops up literally at their feet, um, they probably need to be fired because they're not doing a good job doing search and rescue. Here. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But but you know, again, I'm no expert in firefighting, so it doesn't have to be 100 percent accurate for me because because I don't know the difference. And I think that's fine most of the time. If is the game intended to be fun, or again, is it intended to be super realistic? If it's intended to be super realistic, then the game has failed, even though I'm having fun. Yes, I agree. But if the game's goal is to make to be fun, then it's okay that this is not quite how real life firefighting works. <laughs> now, here's the thing, though. So mechanics, I, I'm saying mechanics are really important, and I'd rather sacrifice a theme for the sake of mechanics. But when I'm shopping for a game, I'm mostly ignoring the mechanics and, and just looking based on theme, pretty much. And the theme is the only thing that matters. Is that is that really what you do? I'm looking at the box, at the box art, the description of the of the the setting more than I am at the mechanics. Definitely. Now I may pick it up and read the mechanics and say, "Oh, yeah, I already know I don't like this kind of game. It's a bluffing game or whatever." So I'm I don't, I don't care anymore. But generally speaking, if everything else being equal, yeah, the theme will definitely make a huge impact on my choice. But you do, so I do look at reviews. You do look at everything going on. Like, you're not going to walk into a blind without having learned anything about it, being summoned again. So hold your answer. Often, I will not learn very much on it and figure it out on my own. Well, and part of that, right, is because we're doing a podcast, and it wouldn't make sense to go and read reviews on the game and decide if it's a good game or a bad game before getting it to review it. <laughs> Mechanics are secondhand. I don't. I tend not to look at reviews too much. I may look it up a little more in BGG, but I'm not going to read four or five reviews first. Unless it's a new game or something on Kickstarter that I really feel like I think is very interesting. But even then, like when I look on Kickstarter or when I look at anything else, I will look through the mechanics and see if it looks like fun. I'll look at how to play at a minimum. At a minimum, I'll just see a general overview or a rule summary before I buy it. I think that <laughs> the first thing I look at is the theme. Because if the theme is not something I like, I will not continue with it. Like I've seen some recently, like you're an insane person that's in the side of trying to escape. I'm like, oh, it's creepy. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> but I think theme is not the. I mean, I suppose it's the first place I look, but I will shop for mechanics. And it's strange to me that you don't. You could end up buying a game with mechanics you really don't like. That could be the case. But you don't care. That might be a. That might be okay because it'll be on the show. Well, I still want to know about the game. I'm still curious what it's like. How bad is it really? <laughs> but no, I but, you know, and it might not be. I may just not realize how much attention I pay to mechanics. Like if I'm looking at games, I say, oh, this game looks really neat, but it's in the uh, in the um, dungeon crawler section of the game. So eh, I'm going to ignore it because this is going to be a big, long, complicated game. I'm not going to have time to play it, and it's going to be minis to paint. So I'm just going to ignore it, even though it looks really interesting in terms of theme. So mm -hmm. I do do that probably sub more subconsciously than I realize. It's much more active for me. 
Okay. So I think that for me, I think that anything that shows that, at least for me, I feel that mechanics are, are by and large the most powerful part of it. And I think also to agree that because both of us agree, you can justify anything with these games. <laughs> like, if you have a rule that needs to exist, just come up with a justification for it, but don't design just because you feel like the simulation has to be that way. Just design how the game should be. Design in a way that supports the game. And figure out a way of justifying it. It's much easier to do mm -hmm. that. It is, absolutely, yeah. And if you truly do need the theme, well, you know, you probably can find a different mechanic to use. I do think so. It, it requires more work, and, and maybe that's hard to do. I don't know. Maybe that, that requires a lot of skill or experience as a game designer. But I do believe that you could, there's always a mechanic in there that'll do what you want. I'm I'm confident that there's always a way to figure it out and get it in there. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. So, Julius, I think you were right. Thank you, Albert. I think next time we definitely need to have something that we're on opposite sides for. <laughs> work is out a bit better. Well, admittedly, I had no idea what side I was on until I started talking. Nice. Oh, look at that. I'm right in the middle. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do for next time, then. All right. Sounds good. All righty, Albert. Thank you, everyone, for coming in. And, uh... We'll continue to make things and talk to you guys next week. All right. Bye-bye. And stop recording. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus and can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.